Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And all of a sudden, the guys are running past him. And he grabs one and he says, where are you guys going? Herb just scored a touchdown. He never saw it. Oh, wow. I was a former player. I get this, man. Yeah. I get it. When I lead a game, guys, I want to say I did something to make the game better. You can't tap out. It doesn't matter what the score is. Patrick Peterson's out there playing. You out there playing corner. And it don't matter if we're getting beat 50 to nothing. I'm covering my guy. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered, featuring Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us. Just visit youtube.com slash allthingscovered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get this show right away. Pat P, it's another big show. What are we going to cover on this episode? Yeah, Mac. Our schedule is set. Of yes, course, sir. I got to let you know what I'm looking forward to the 21 season mm. um, here with Minnesota. And plus, we got an opportunity to connect with a football lifer. You know, a guy who had opportunity to speak at my rookie symposium, a guy who has been a part of, of some very memorable plays, also some very memorable press conferences. <laughs> he is now the head coach of Arizona State football team. Yeah, that's right. Coach Herm Edwards coming to you soon. Stay tuned. First quarter of our show, it's time to chop it up. And during this chopping it up segment, yeah, Pat mentioned it in the intro. The schedule is now out for all 32 NFL teams. So we definitely got to tap into the schedule for the Minnesota Vikings. But before we do that, if you're currently watching us on YouTube and we we ask everyone to subscribe to our YouTube channel, you guys have been doing a great Please. job in subscribing. Mm-hmm. Keep it coming. If you're watching us on YouTube, you see currently our very own Pat P. He's not in the sun. Ain't he's in not the in no the more. desert. You know, <laughs> he's at his new home right now. Minnesota yes, currently doing our podcast from the team facility. He is there participating in OTAs. Pat, before we jump into the schedule, tell us a little, uh, fill us in about your experience, your first experience with your new ball club. You know, were the guys excited? What all did you have to do today uh, with your first, I guess, first practice with the team? Um, you know, everything was pretty simple. You know, went in the weight room, got a workout, um, mm-hmm. did a little bit of inf- on the field interactions you know so today was pretty much smooth you know just you know making sure you know get going around meeting meeting a lot of faces you know seeing guys on zoom and now have an opportunity to, to to see guys and in person is definitely is uh it's been big and i just can't wait to see where it goes you know um i'm excited to be here i'm excited to be a part of the team you know the, the guys excited that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a part of the squad you know i just want to come here and lend a helping hand to, to get us over that hump well, Pat P, we've he- we've heard some teams, you know, not showing up to OTAs. You know what I mean? Some teams are, uh, some players are not showing up because cl- clearly uh, they they don't have to be there. You know, it, it, it's not mandatory. But what was the vibe like there in Minnesota today? You know, were there were there a lot of guys there? Or was there you know just a few? 
Uh, how, how was the the attendance today? Um, you know, I can't put a number on you know the guys that were that were here, but I can tell you this: it was definitely a good number of guys here to to give you the sense of urgency that the team is focused. The, the mm-hmm. team has their mind in the right the right set uh in in the right mind frame, and that's coming here every day, getting better and trying to put you know, the best 22 men together on, on on both sides of the ball collectively. So you can go out there and win ball games because like, uh, you know, Herm talked about, you can't get time back. You know what I mean? And this right now is a precious time into the season to where you, you gain confidence in one another. You go out there and, and you kind of, you know, get back into the feel of things. Like I don't want to, I'd rather have, you know, three months to get ready versus a full month to get ready. Yeah. You got, you know, training uh yeah you got training camp and and preseason but and with me being it's my first you know my first new team I want yeah I want to be here and and hear the terminology I just don't want to see it on zoom I want to actually go out on the grass and work you know yeah that's that's what the game is all about you know to me that's the most important part of the game is the offseason yeah being with the guys Seeing how guys move, you, you, I believe you really understand and you get a good feel of how important the game is to that person. Yeah, I, I love hearing that you're out there. You know, you're a veteran, even though, you know, you're, you're new to the team. They all want to see uh, what Pat P is about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your opportunity to really show what type of leader you can be on and off the football field. Last question mm-hmm. before we transition to your upcoming schedule. What was the temperature like this morning? Uh, it was 63, yo. Oh, okay. That's, but that still felt like an Arizona uh, winter, man. <laughs> I still had a cool. <laughs> oh, boy. You, man, you better tighten up fast. Because that 63, it, it's not going to last long. You talking about 63 feeling like Arizona weather. Yeah, winter. No, I said Arizona winter, yeah. Winter, yeah. You, you better tighten up. Because that 63, hey. I'm pretty sure they're wearing short pants out there. Man, they ain't got no, I ain't got no choice, Mac. I'm here now, baby. No question. Yeah. It's, time, it's time to rock and roll. So let's transition to... The new schedule for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, last week getting ready for the schedule, it was like a, an event. It felt like Christmas, you know, for right. fans. For, I'm, I'm pretty sure the players were excited. You knew who you were going to play. You just didn't know when, mm-hmm. right? So what were, your, what were your immediate thoughts when you saw the schedule? And what games, did you circle any games? Or did you kind of like look at certain games and say, okay, that's when we play such and such? Mm-hmm. You know, I think the schedule is... Uh a really, really good competitive schedule. You know, yeah. a lot of teams that have been in the playoffs. Cowboys going to be right back there in the hunt. Seattle's always good. You know, Bengals got a, a, a young young uh, crop and, of And that's week one. You, you open exactly. up the week one. Exactly. You know, Jamar Bears, Chase in the crew. Yep. The the, the, the division game is going to be always a dog fight. You know what I mean? Um, but the one I circle is definitely week two. Um, that, that's not even That's not even close. Oh, go back. You go back. You go back when yeah. it all started. That's not even close. You go all back. You go back to all start. This yep. is your first time playing against your former team. And I remember yep. when I went out to Arizona, I played against Pittsburgh in preseason. Granted, it was a preseason mm-hmm. ball game. But I felt some type of way. Knowing I only probably only play one series or so, you know, I felt some type of way. Where yep. do you think your emotions will be week two? Honestly, I don't know. But I know this much, like, like Herm talked about, you know, I'm gonna be juiced up going into that week or whatever. But as far as once that game gets going, I'm gonna be cool, calm, and collected because that's when I'm at my best. And you know, I'm looking, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to like I said, looking forward to that week two matchup. Like J Cole would say, man, applying pressure, man. I can't wait to show up and do what I do in a face. 
Oh, somebody <laughs> been listening to J. Cole this week. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to I can't wait to do what I do. Uh, the the primetime games in the Vikings schedule. Uh, the bye week happens week seven. Sunday night football, Dallas. Uh, you get week 11. You got the Packers. You got Thursday night football against my Steelers. Monday night, the Bears. In, ooh, you get Chicago in Chicago week 15. Yeah, They're going to cool. be Brooke Cole. That's yes, cool. goodness. You get, oh, you get Sunday night, week 17. You get Green Bay in Green Bay. You got some primetime games. Yeah, yeah. Prime time like I games. said, I got, I just got to, I got to show up and do me. That's all that matters, man. I got foc- I'm focusing on me, focusing on my technique. I ain't got to worry about all that chatter that goes on. Upstairs. I got a question for you, Pat P. Yeah. Did y'all get on the grass today? Yeah, we won the grass. Did you have a helmet on? Mm mm. You got, well, well, what helmet is in your locker room? <laughs> Okay, what kind of helmet is in your locker room? I still, I still got my old helmet in my locker, bro. I'm, when I'm, when I'm, you I'm, say, when you say old, are you talking about that nah, new double nah, shell nah, nah. joint? Yeah, or you the got one the I wore uh, last season, the one I wore last season. We got that's what that. I got so far, man. We ain't had no helmets on yet, man. I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm gonna get man, a change. You, you, you tell them folks since you go back to seven, <laughs> you go get that with that shorts, that shorts, <laughs> shut, that shut. You get that shut. Put that visor on and let's go, let's go, let's go. Man, Put I'm that vase on, cause see, even when you wear that new age helmet, that chicken coop, I call it the man, chicken. Man, that coupe. thing, the thing about that old helmet, man, my my, the one that shut, they started changing the pattern around, so it be squeezing like the back of my head to where it's so uncomfortable. Fix, Pat, you 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 a Hall of Famer? They can fix that. They can get no, you whatever man, you need. The thing, man, I, I get that, man, but I ain't trying to get cussed out there, man. They, no, no, they, no. They Pat, the thing, the thing about going to sleep, it don't matter what <laughs> helmet you got. If you get hit the right way, you're going hey, to sleep. I will say this though, Matt, man. I hear a guy, I think it was, it could have been this year, might have been last year. I think it was last year. It, oh, matter of fact, it was last year. It was when I hit freaking um quarterback for the Jets. You, you still uh, don't remember it? No, nah, I remember it. Uh, the, uh, Daniel Jones came off the, the, for the Giants. Uh, the, for the Giants. The sack. The sack the, when, I, when I sacked him, uh, actually, no, I had my old helmet on. Yeah, you had the old helmet on. What you yeah, I had my old helmet on. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna put that one back on for you, man. Man, please man, with that vase, because the vase don't even look back. right with that chicken coop, that revolution helmet <laughs> you wearing right now. The vase don't even look right, man. Go back. You you got seven. Just try it. All right, out. man. I'm, I'm gonna do it for you, man. I'm you know when you look in the mirror before you leave that locker room, you that helmet looks. It, you look at yourself like. And the, hey, man. The other thing I hate about that helmet too, man. Every time I tackle that job, be coming loose, man. They just That's give right. you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. It, it just gives you just a. a, a you might need a new a, chin strap. You ain't walk. You ain't, you ain't got no soft boy chin strap, do you? Yeah, I got a soft boy. I, that's a matter of fact. That's what I. That's why I changed to the soft boy chin strap because the hard one kept popping off and the hard one, the soft one pop off too. I'm pretty sure the equipment guys can get you to need. Hey, man, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, we won't see Pat P in that. You in seven. You cannot be in number seven with a chicken coop. All right, I got you, man. I'm going to change my that, that That messes up the whole... It's like having an ideal outfit on, but your shoes. You got dirty <laughs> shoes. Well, <laughs> that's a felines. No, you got some dirty shoes or your, your fit. Good, but it's just like, what you, where your shoe game going? Yeah. We're yeah, going to see. We're going to see, but I'm I'm, 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 I'm going to put in a, in a request. To yeah, that, that, that's all. That's all. Please do it for me. Well, hey, but the one I really want, though, is that Rod L, man. That's the one. I got the ride there behind me. I know I can't. You can't wear that no more. No, you can't wear that. You definitely, you definitely sleep with that. That, cu- that cushion in that ride there behind me. What Mm-mm. cushion? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But hey, I hope the Viking fans are excited about the schedule. Pat P, he's excited. They're there in Minnesota, putting together 
a championship like team and it starts right now pat p said the offseason is so important so continue to chop wood hey now it's time hey for- hey 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 yeah hey, hey. he fired up yo he fired up it's time for everybody's favorite hey, part hey, of this hey, show hey hey, hey has hey. pat hurt the committee felt some type said. of way last week because Why? you know you were on because i got them got, all right you got them all right that's not what we want we don't want to see you get them all right we want to see you know we want to see some issues you were four okay. out of four last week your overall record out of 46 questions you have gotten 31 right. That's 67%. Has Pat heard, if you're new to the show, we decided to implement this into the show because during the offseason, Pat is not really paying attention to television, sports, anything like that. He's moving around training. So we wanted to see how much uh, involved or the lack thereof he is when it comes to sports. So we decided to do it. But last week, he proved us wrong. He got every question right. So what we did was, Huh. The committee reached out to some of our faithful fans. Yeah. So our first question is coming from a fan okay. at MJ Smith 328. He said he wanted to try to stump Pat Pete. So people are listening. They felt some type of way last week because you got them all right. So okay. MJ Smith gave us a question. Shout out to MJ Smith 328. All right. He want to know, have you heard about the controversy canceling? of the NCAA Women's Golf Regional. Did you hear about that? Damn, I did, but I don't know why they canceled it though. Cause I know I gotta obviously prove it. Um, okay, let me, let me, let me, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a slider at you, right? Okay. Where was the event supposed to happen at? California. No. It wasn't? No. I don't BR, know that. The BR, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge? Yes. No, but I did hear something about they was threatening to cancel it, but I didn't get the full scoop. So, yeah, I, so I got that one. Okay, wrong. so you heard, yeah, you got, you partial. Yeah. It, it was canceled, I think, for bad weather. Uh, it was supposed to happen last Wednesday in Baton Rouge. Uh-huh. The site received rain, so many figured they, they would postpone the event. And you play a lot of golf. You know, usually mm-hmm. they may postpone it instead of canceling certain right. golf events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they decided to cancel the entire thing. And now they're saying that maybe a whirlwind golf tournament has offered to host a tournament. That's in Arizona? With, yes, in Arizona. Oh, you I played play there, right? Oh, I played all the time. You like that course? Yeah, they got two nice courses. Uh, in Chandler, it, right? I think it, yes, in Chandler. It's called Cat's Tail and Devil's Claw. Both of those are really, really nice courses. Um, you do some numbers on those courses, or are you just out there? You know, I only play. That's a it's a it's a public course. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, I mean, I play a public course every now and then, but like the pace of play is just too slow for me. So I'd rather go to you know one of my courses, my private clubs that I'm a member at. You know, oh, which sorry. is you oh, know, oh, Silver, yeah. Silver Leaf, Whisper yeah. Rock. You know, uh, yeah. Pine Canyon, Mesa, oh, you don't do Superstitious Mountain. You got to do private. That's what you just. Yeah, because it's it's just it's just better, you know. I mean, it's better golfers there. Like you're not gonna have guys hitting the ball 15 feet in, in front of themselves, and like you gotta wait for them to finish the whole lot in 30 minutes. Like, no, that's that's not yeah. ideal, man. I like so, to be 15 so I can be done three hours and 40 minutes. So you don't go. It's like you don't go to open parks or hoop. You go to like the end. Yeah, I gotta go to the gym. You gotta go to gotta, the gym. I, I need I need outside. to be on that cherry, okay. cherry wood. All right, everybody on that hate. gloss. Okay, so we, what we're going to do is, I, I think it's wrong. fair. You got I half. I got, I, okay. You got part. No, nah, man, you, don't give me no half. Y'all didn't give me half last time. I'll take the L on that one. I want this to keep you probably going to take the L on the next one, too. I don't want next question go, oh, for you. Man, he got all of them, <laughs> Next question for you. Did you hear 
Jawan James was cut by the Broncos. I did hear that, man. My heart broke. Were you surprised? Because we had this conversation last yeah. week, remember? Um, yeah, we did have this. Uh, you said, did I, uh, what'd, you, what'd you ask me again? I'm sorry. Were you, were you, surpri- were you surprised that they actually cut him? Because, you know, we talked about the injury last week. You know, actually. not necessarily going to pay him. Yeah, you know, actually looking at it, I wasn't surprised. You know, looking at far as how long he's been there and with him missing, only playing that, I believe it was just the first series in, in his first season there in 19, didn't play all of last year. $59 million, however much it is, that's a tough pill to swallow. No question. You know what I mean? I you know, I didn't know, you know, you know, the severity of you know the, the contract and you know how much money they had already put out there. But yeah, once I saw that, I was like, Oh yeah, he's <laughs> ain't no second, ain't no and, if and the butts about it. He opted hmm? out last year too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. when I saw that, I was like, What I think they should do though, I think they should take care. I think they definitely should pay for a surgery though. And he only played in three games in twenty nineteen. No, I think no, I think he only played in one game. No, it's three games. It was three with games? Denver with Denver in 2019. Three games. Okay. I thought I saw like he got like he only played like maybe like 20 snaps in the first game and got injured or something like that. Yeah. Yes. But I did see that. I did I did see they cut uh Juwan. Okay. Next question. You got that one right. The Lakers will play who in their first play-in game? Warriors. Mm. How you feel about the play-in game? And that's gonna be that's um, gonna that, that's gonna be a top level game too, by the way. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I really don't like it. I think it's bogus, man. If you ain't if you couldn't get in the damn playoff in 82 games, why I gotta come down to one game, man? Well, see, like, technically, the thing is with the play-in game, if you're in the final See, if you're in the final uh, spot in the playing game, you lose, you go home. But for the Lakers and the Warriors, I mean, they can situation. still lose. Yeah, the seven yeah, and eight can still lose and still get in the playoff game. But the thing the, in the playoffs, they got to play one about, more though. Think about this though: they're playing more. They're already an older team. They can be using this rest. Well, that's the thing. What the league wanted to do was emphasize the sense of urgency for teams that are in the bottom half of the playoff bracket. So the thing is, what if you, you mean. If you, but they want to have competitive ball games. And actually, we saw that. You got 82 competitive ball games. Well, they didn't have 82 this year. Remember, they, 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 I think they took out what, well, 10, I, 15. Okay, 72 competitive ball games. Yeah. Well, it's here. Nah, it's I, think, state. I mean, I get nah, it's just for more money like everything else is. But it, I can't say this. We that, saw even the Warriors play. They just played uh, Sunday. Yeah, I know. I, saw, I remember because stuff went off. He, shot, he had like oh, 41 points. He was 45, 42, 46. Dang, who, like was, who did they play? The Grizzlies. That's who it was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Memphis. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and Golden State played for real, for real. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, if, if they didn't have the play-in game, it was safe to say guys like Steph, Draymond probably wouldn't have played. But they took that. They they, they jumped at that game like it was game seven. So we but, we we saw more intensity yeah, than what I, we usually see with some like I, said, I, I I get that. But no, man, you got, you got 82 games to get it right. Yeah, because now, now at this at the same time, so we're already banged up. LA is already banged up, right? Hypothetically, you know, LeBron's on one leg, AD's got, you know, he's on one leg. So they now they put why, why Anthony Davis always falling? I don't know, but that's putting them in more danger, man. They are they, we already banged up, but but they knew the rules coming no, into I the season that. that the play that's why the play like game it. exists. No, I know that. I get that. That's why I don't like it. I can many, say this though, teams, Pat How many teams are in the NBA? What twenty eight, right? Yeah. A 30. No, it's 28. No, it's 30. 30. It's 30. 30. So it's 30 teams in there. And you're making it for 
it's so it's 30 teams and there's 16 make 16, the playoffs. 16 can make the playoffs and now you know you make it you make it eligible for you know well 20 teams can play for those 16 spots now basically i know yeah. but I, I don't think i, I mean you get, I you get free you get extra basketball so so we're gonna yeah, see for the for the owners like i yeah. said it's more more you know, money for them that's yeah, what it's it. all about they yeah. obviously they they get they gaining money off this and obviously seeing how the bubble did and the suns you know, went on and did what they think. But who to say that they was going to win, beat anybody in the real playoffs? All right, you got that one right. Next question for you. You got two more. Two more, right? Uh, next basketball hall of, the next basketball Hall of Fame class was announced. Mm-hmm. Name one new member from the class. The next oh, basketball man. Hall of Fame class was announced. Not the one who, not the folks who just went in, but the next class was announced. The next class? Oh, Oh, this past weekend, Kobe went in, Tim Duncan. And it's funny because we had a guest on some months ago and he highlighted a guy who just got word that he is going in officially. Think about the former guest we've had on basketball. I just gave you a hint. Oh, Uh, yeah, we had a bunch of former basketball players, man. (laughs) Most, I think he was the most recent one. Oh, the most recent one. So the most recent one is Antoine Smith. Walker. I mean, Walker. Antoine Walker. Yeah. Oh. That's a big hint, too. <laughs> it is. Uh, oh, was it? Uh, mm, was yeah. It? Yeah. You yeah, you going to be mad. Because no, he, he, didn't, he didn't talk about Dennis Rodman, did he? No, he didn't talk about Rodman. It's the guy he played with. It's and we he and he highlighted Oh, him. Paul Pierce. Yeah, that's a hack because I give you too many hints. Yeah, Paul Pierce. Yeah. But I, but I saw um, I saw the Vanessa uh, Bryant speech was which was uh, unbelievable, and I did see the names at the bottom because no, actually it came out the day after, if I'm mm. not mistaken, on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, it came out Sunday. So ESPN. this class: Ben Wallace, Paul Pierce, Chris Weber, Chris Bosh. Oh yeah, and I did Sunday. see I did see Chris Bosh make it. Yep, yeah. I did see that. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got we got to try to get one of these upcoming Hall of Famers on the show. I think we're gonna we're gonna make that happen. Yeah, we can make that happen. No question. All right, final question for you. We kind of talked about this before we started recording because we both love music. Which artist recently re-released their 2009 mixtape? Oh, we talked. It was a 2009 mixtape. They just re-released it. This weekend, J. Cole came out, released his album. This person released theirs with a fire song, too. With a fire song, male, female? Female. Oh, and you said mixtape? It was a mixtape that they released in 2009. Two women making mixtape. Well, actually, there's only one person making mixtape in 2009. Yes, she released the mixtape in 2009. Today, and she released it today? She released it this past Friday. So it was Midnight Friday. So J. Cole released his album. Oh, and it's oh yeah, got that gotta be uh that gotta be Nikki. Correct. It is Nikki Minaj. Seeing yeah, Green. Yeah, Seeing Green. Seeing Green. I'm trying no, to know the name of the album. I mean the mixtape is Beam Me Up Scotty, but my song on there is Seeing Green. Seeing Green. Yeah, it's crazy because I'm I'm trying to think of some artists in 2009 that was that released a mixtape. Yeah, yeah. You know, ain't many I mean, females releasing no mixtape. Pat P, I know you're a Wayne fan and you're a Drake fan as well, and a Nicki fan. They went back. <laughs> they went back. So that might be. That might be. That might be the best. And see, the thing is, I felt some type of way because I was supposed to devote my Friday to J Cole, 
just uh-huh. you know analyzing that album, which is fire as well. I know you yeah. you, you definitely were tuning in that J Cole. Oh yeah, I'm on but, that J Cole. But, but that C and Green, I'm gonna go bump it right now. With that Headley, uh, the Heather uh, Hadley sample, I'm about to go put it in the car right now. Wayne, Wayne's man, Pat Pete, Wayne said some things, man. I'm about to go put it in right now, my guy. Send me a, <laughs> after you listen to it. Just shoot me a text. Okay, you know, Matt. <laughs> he said, "Yep, something. something. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. It's unfair. Like when you put them three on a track together, especially with sound production, it's like having the Warriors with Clay, Steph, and KD. It's unfair. Right. right. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. So, okay, you got that one right. I gave you a hint. You got a, a half right with with uh, the all the Hall of Fame. I only missed one, man. The Lakers. We got to see what the committee says. I only missed one." Great uh, great segment has Pat Heard. He's taking it serious. And hey, if you want to try to stomp Pat, let us know. Give yeah. us a question. We have it next week on the show as well. Hey, how my boy, uh, how my boy self taking? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting close to halftime. And right before halftime, you got to go through the two-minute drill. And right now we're in the two-minute drill of our show. And here's where we involve you, the fans. Seven questions. We had to rebrand this segment. It used to be called 21 Questions. 21 was for the jersey number that our very own Patrick Peterson used to wear. Now he's back to his college, high school glory days, and he's rocking the number seven for the Vikings. So we decided to rebrand this segment, Seven Questions. Seven Questions is where we get a chance to interact with you the listener, and the viewers. If you want your question to be answered in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get to it on this show. This question comes from Gabriel Deshaun. For you, Pat Peterson, who is your favorite wide receiver you're looking forward to covering this season? You got a lot of top-level guys, top-tier guys, pro bowlers, all pros on the upcoming schedule. For your Minnesota Vikings defensively, you got some you got some studs. But when you look at all the wide receivers, the teams you're playing against, you know, the notable guys you will be covering, who are you who are you looking forward to covering? Um I mean all of them for the most part, but you got you got okay, yeah. you, you yeah, got, got Amari got Packers, we got, got, got the, uh you got Steelers, Adams, you got Juju Cowboys, we got Amari the Cooper, Cardinals, we got the we got Seattle, DK. Um, um, probably, <clears throat> probably seeing seeing have an opportunity to see Devontae twice a year. You know you, how yeah. crap, how crapped he is, and you know he he's definitely you know elevated his game into you know to the up, upper echelon guys. Um, you know just just a very cr- a crafty guy at the line of scrimmage. You know. Um, Tell you he's the guy that take pride in his releases. You know, I'm a I'm a guy that take pride in my press. So um I think those matchups um should be fun for sure. And having an opportunity to see him twice a year, mm-hmm. um, like I said, should be fun as well. And I know it's gonna be a competitive matchup. Um hopefully uh they get to keep Aaron Aaron there so it can make it that much that much more propelling. Well, let's let's scale it back a little bit. You know, Devontae Adams is the guy you're looking uh, forward to covering in 2021 because yep. he's in your division and he's a top level guy. But when you look at your entire career, who was the one guy? I know you get geared up for every wide receiver, right? But who mm-hmm. was the one guy you was like, "Yo, I get to, I get chance to cover this guy or that guy." 
Uh, I'd probably say Calvin Johnson um, because, you know, at that time when Calvin was becoming Calvin, you know, teams had to start to figure out, like, how to stop him, like coming up with vice coverages, you know, putting three guys on him at one time and him catching. I think we played them I stopped my second year, two games after he caught, he went crazy on Dallas. Like he had mm-hmm. like 300 some odd yards, yards. And I never forget Ray Horton coming into the, uh, to the, uh, to, into the team room, you know, obviously giving up the game plan. I was like, man, I don't think we can be able to put three guys on him, but you know, we're going to have to find a way to, you know, you know, slow him down. So they came up with this little vice, this little vice uh, deal, like everybody else was doing. And me, I'm a, I'm a second year guy. So I'm like, man, I'm like, coach, man, we don't got to run that, man. Then everybody who played him, they haven't played a corner. Like they, they didn't have a corner on their team that, that I felt that can play like I can play that did what I can do. Yeah. So I'm like, man, we ain't got to call that, Ray. Like we good. You know what I mean? If I need some help, I'll let you know. You know what I mean? If I need a blow, or whatever, just give me a, a you know a couple two. I feel that's that's a sign of disrespect to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I already know Coach Ray, right, Pat Patrick. Yep. So so what he did was that. here it is, here it is. So he called it one time in practice, and I didn't want to be a part of it. So Greg Toler and uh, Carrie, uh, um, it was Carrie last Rose. Name. Carrie Rose was a part of. It. I'm like, Coach, yep. I'm not a part of this, man. I'm not trying to be a part of no freaking vice. Like we playing punt, punt, uh, punt block right now. No so anyway, he called it in practice, and now we go in the game. He called it on the first drive. He said I wasn't gonna call it, so he called it on the first drive. I lose it. I'm like, coach, because the first play I had a night. I could have picked it off. Had a nice mm-hmm. little um, PBU. Could have picked the first play off because they tried me on the go. So I'm like, did he call on the first third down? And my, they didn't catch the ball. But I'm like, coach, man, I'm telling you, we don't need that, man. Just let me go out there and play ball. This, that, another. He was like, all right, Patrick, I'm gonna trust you. And he didn't call it no more, man. So he, that gave me a sense of uh, confidence that coach believed in me, and um, going out there to to you know do what I end what I needed to do, man. And that's also that was the most I've ever got targeted, bro. I got targeted. Yeah, I think they 20, targeted you. Yeah, twenty some times. Times twenty two times. That's a full days of work. <laughs> People don't understand. Getting targeted eight times in a ball game is right. a full days of work. But you get well, targeted target twenty plus two times, bro. Man, but I, I feel like I helped my end of the bargain. I had to pick that game, had no three PBUs. That kind of uh, catapult your your the image of being in that yeah. top level conversation in the cornerback spot in year two for you. Yeah, so Calvin Johnson is the, definitely by far my favorite. No doubt. Thank you, Gabriel, Gabriel Deshaun, for that question. Uh, make sure you guys want to tap into the show you can definitely uh, leave us a question but make sure you leave a five-star rating attached to your question we make sure we try to get it involved in the show one of the many perks of playing in the national football league is the cool opportunities and the cool swag and as a thanks to our loyal listeners and viewers for rocking with us I want to give away this signed copy of ESPN magazine featuring the Steelers 2008 defense. It's simple. Just make sure you're following the podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review with your Twitter handle and favorite All Things Covered guests. The winner will be chosen at random. Good luck. We want to remind everyone, you can find us on Instagram at All Things Covered Pod. Each week, we give clues to our, our next guest. And the first person to guess correctly gets a follow and a shout out on the pod. So we have to shout out Action Talk Bets, who guessed Teddy Bridgewater last week. Shout out to Action Talk Bets. I guess he, he bets a lot. It makes sense, right? Action yeah. Talk Bets. 
Again, follow us on at All Things Covered Pod for the very best content from the show. Now, it's halftime for us. We guys promise you a special guest on the opposite side of the half. Herm Edwards, head coach of Arizona State Sun Devils Football Ball Club, will be joining us on the opposite side of the half. Stay tuned. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out of- And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Ladies and gents, we're back from halftime. And we had some issues on the defensive side. The entire team, we were struggling. So we had to go ahead and make some adjustments at the top level of the organization. So we need to go ahead and make some adjustment at the head coaching spot. Now, we went out and got a primetime guy to kind of keep the secondary, most importantly, in line. Former NFL player and former NFL head coach. 33 interceptions as a player. Oh, yes, he was a beast on the field, not just standing on the sideline with his headsets on. Four playoff appearances as a head coach in the National Football League. Currently, the head coach at Arizona State University. Unfortunately, he beat my Florida State Seminoles in a bowl game in 2019. So he's doing a real good job out there in the desert. (laughs) Doing a real good job. No other than Herm Elwes has joined us here on the show, All Things Covered. Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, we're excited to have you on, Coach. How you doing? I'm doing well, but I tell you what, this show was, I've never been on a show where it's been three DBs all at once. Oh. <laughs> that's hard to handle, man. That's oh, hard yeah. to handle. <laughs> the, the most important position on a football team. <laughs> no doubt about it. You have to have selected memory. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. yes, sir. No yes, sir. <laughs> hey, coach, man, talking about defensive backs, there's so much we can talk to you about you know what I mean but let's go back to your playing days and give you some props as a player you had 33 interceptions in your career uh, which is great super impressive from uh, the secondary standpoint but what was your style like as a defensive back well back in my era obviously I'm dating myself now um, the ball wasn't in the air quite as much as it is now due to the fact that the rules have changed, the game has changed. It's more of a spread-out game. It was more of a running game back in the eras when I played. And you go back and look at the great running backs that, that played in the – I came in the league in 1977 as a rookie with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and played there for almost 10 seasons and actually had 38 interceptions. I had five more in the playoff competition. Okay. So yeah. I got to count those. I don't know why. I got to count. I got to – well, those are more important than the regular season. That's right? what I'm saying. No, why they don't no, add no, that no. on? But, but that's Okay. But you know, my style was, I wasn't like Patrick, you know, Patrick, you know, watching him in college, I can remember studying him in college and watching you as well. You know, now Patrick was a guy that, you know, the thing that you can't coach, and you guys both know because you play, you cannot coach instincts. Can't coach that. Mm-hmm. You can't coach ball awareness, especially when your back is turned away from the ball. Mm-hmm. Right? When the ball is in the air, you can do all the drills you want, you know, and the coach, we're going to do these drills. No, 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 no. There's instincts involved in that. You have to know when the moment of when do I turn to look to play the ball. Right. Patrick played the ball. You played the ball. I played the ball. That's how you intercept passes. Right. Mm -hmm. There was never an intention to knock it down. The knock it down is at the last moment. But basically, if I put myself in position to see the ball, I was going to catch the ball. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was just my whole mindset. 
So in, in my era, I played a little bit of press, but I wanted to watch the read of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I read the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I would sit off at about eight yards, and I would most of the time, 90% of the time, I'm playing inside leverage. And I wanted to read the progression. Why, why were you playing inside leverage, coach? Because for the most part, we played a we, we played zone, a three-deep zone a lot, but it was really man-to-man. I played the X. I was always the right corner. So I played the okay. X. Mm-hmm. I wanted to read the progression of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I knew this, a quick game of the quarterback, one step, two steps, ball coming out fast. Well, this is a double right. move. It only got three routes. Hit, slant, quick out. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Five step in my era was, was routes that were 10 to 12 yards. The curl, the out, right? The glance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything after five step was deep. It was deep. it was post goals. That's what it was. And so I, I had a good enough the ability to feel the quarterback to see the rec- and feel the receiver. And once the quarterback told me where he was stepping, I had an idea of what routes they were running. Right. I was that kind of guy. I wanted to look at the quarterback. I wanted to feel what he was, especially in the quick game. I wanted to see the quick game come out. Now, it's not my my football when I played different than you guys' football. Yeah. Quarterback was under center a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now the guy's in the gun. I mean, what, three-fourths at a time? Right. Most of these guys, four wide receivers. We we thought the whole National Football League changed when the Dallas Cowboys lined out with three wide receivers. He said, what is that? <laughs> all in, one, in one time? <laughs> that was like, whoa. You know, <laughs> that was one of them deals, man. Right. So, it, it, I, I've watched it evolve. But the one thing that I but that stands true is this: you need a guy, a corner, that can cover. Right. That sets the whole precedence of your defense. A guy that can cover, and you need a rush guy. No yeah. question. Those are the two components of a great defense. You need a rusher, and you need a guy. You need a great corner. Now, what I would do when I was a coach, I I flip. See, I, I would. Patrick would have never covered. He would never <laughs> cover that guy. Right. He he, he wasn't gonna cover him. I was gonna double that guy. With my second corner in safety, and I put Patrick on the number two guy. So yeah. guess what? I shut two players out. Yeah. You got to throw to the third guy unless you yeah. want to try Patrick on your second guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you ain't. There is no way he, you're gonna throw at Patrick Peterson with he's covering your number two guy 22 times. Mm-hmm. Right. They doing that. <laughs> yeah. Doing you're right. That. Right. That's a. That's a. Yeah. So that's how that my philosophy was. Okay, let's take the first guy. Out. We'll double him. Yeah, my best corner is going on second guy. Mm-hmm. You gonna cover that guy and make them try to beat you with that guy. Well, they gotta throw to the third guy. You out of luck. No question. Yeah, I agree. So, so what a, a little bit different? Yeah, and with the game, what, so what are your thoughts on how the position has evolved now, and how do you what do you appreciate mostly about how the how, how the position is played today? Well, I appreciate the skill level of the players that play in the secondary because you can't touch them anymore. Right. I mean, I came in. To, look, my second year, they put in the five yard rule. We couldn't hit them anymore. Yeah, the Mel Blunt rule, right? Yeah. There you go. They, they put that <laughs> rule in the second. You know, my, my second year it was like done. You can't touch these guys. That's the five yards can't touch them. Right. So for me, the way the ball is in the air now, oh boy, I mean, <laughs> you, you 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 can't have enough corners on your team. You need three yeah. of them. Yeah. You for really sure. do. You need because sure. they play with three wide receivers, four wide receivers, and the guy that is multi dimensional, in other words, that can play in the slot. They can play outside. Now, Patrick could do it all. He, he can play in the slot. He can play outside. You can see that in college, his skill level. But the thing that I keep harping on is this. Ball in the air. Ball in the air. Does the guy play the ball or the man? Mm-hmm. I want DBs that play the ball. 
I told every defensive back I've ever coached this. I said, you don't need, you don't need the only thing name on that ball, the commissioner's name. It don't belong to anybody when he throw it. Right. <laughs> it don't belong to the offense just because they threw it. And they're like, right. what? And, you know, I got to throw it. No, no, no. The ball belongs to the commissioner. And when they <laughs> throw it in the air, if you want to go steal it, go steal it, man. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Hey, I love it. Take no question. <laughs> this is, hey, listen, for, for our, our viewers that are watching us on YouTube and our listeners that are listening to us through their podcast, this is a great coaching oh yeah coaching episode here because you coach is fired up he's dropping some big time nuggets when it comes to the secondary standpoint and i'm pretty sure he has a lot left when it comes to the overall standpoint because he's a knowledgeable guy coach i'm gonna throw out a date to you right let's go back in time november 19th 1978 Mm -hmm. is known for eagle fans as the miracle at the meadowlands and for giant fans as the fumble did you realize that day how famous or infamous that play would become? No, you have no idea. And, and you can imagine this, guys. There was no uh, sports shows after. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like there was no like you, you watch a game, you know, you watch a game now, you watch it on tell, oh, there's a sports wrap-up show. And all. That, that wasn't happening. And so when you think about what occurred, this is what occurred after that play. Mm-hmm. Quarterback started taking the knee after that play, but also lining the guy behind the quarterback to make sure if you ever fumble a ball, oh. somebody would tackle a guy. That's mm. why that came that about. Game, yes. After that game, that's when that started. Wow. Yeah. Makes and sense. I, you know, it's just like anything else. You know, you're sitting there and figuring, hey, man, they're going to take a knee. They're going to kill the ball. And, and 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 all of a sudden, they try to hand up. It, it's botched. And I get it on the – and I, I see it. And I, I'm running because no one's blocking me. I'm coming off the short edge because everybody's uh-huh. in tight. And I'm talking to the up back. I shake his hand before the play starts. Say, man, good, good game. We'll see you. And all of a sudden, I go around the guy, and the ball bounces off the court, and no one sees it. And I see the ball bobbled on the ground. And I said, if I can get it on the first snap, I got a shot. No question. I run it in, you know, and, and, and from there, you look back, and you guys, you mentioned 1978. Yeah. I mean, they still talk about that stuff. I know, Yes. Man. But you that know, hey, guys, you know this. When you play our position, I've always told DBs, you can be on the bad end of a highlight or the good end of a highlight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was on the good end of the <laughs> Hey, Coach, do Giant fans still, you oh. know, feel some type of way when they see you if you're in New York? Do the, the diehard Giants fans feel some type of way still well, about that play? Well, no doubt about it. And it's amazing um, over the years, you, you, people will walk up to you and they say, Coach, I'm going to tell you exactly where I was when that play happened. They, they, they kind of go back there, we live it. And I always tell them, don't take it personal. It wasn't personal. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it's amazing how many people said they saw the play. Mm-hmm. No question. And the funny thing about that play, and as a coach, you know, you emphasize always play through the whistle, right? right. And clearly you guys thought the game was over because no one thought that would happen. A fumble on basically a kneel down. So just well, imagine, Coach, if you were just being a, a bit lackadaisical and not hustling. Well, this is why you always say finish. Mm, yes, sir. What's gonna happen, right? We we always say, we take that for granted. Finish, just finish. But here's what's the, the silly part. So you can imagine Dick Vermeil's my coach, mm-hmm. and he's standing talking to Harold Carmichael, who actually is going into the Hall of Fame this year. He's yep. receiver played on my team, and Wilbur Montgomery was a running back, and Jaworski was a quarterback. So he his back is turned like this, away from the play, and he's talking to the guys, and all of a sudden the guys are running past him. And he grabs one. And he says, "Where are you guys going?" Herb <laughs> just scored a touchdown. He never saw it. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, he didn't. 
Coach oh. Ramil didn't see the play? Oh, he didn't see it because he was thinking we're going to get one more play. If we stop him on fourth down, we get one more play. And uh. he's trying to drop this up. And the players are leaving the bench, man. And he's like, where are you going? He said, Coach, Hearn just scored a touchdown, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cool story. So, so that, yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool story right there, Coach. So after your amazing career in the league, you jumped right into coaching yes. uh, right after playing. You know, what was it? Did you know that? coaching would be your path and what do you love the most about teaching young guys about the game well I, I did because I felt uh you know first of all being in, if you'd have told me growing up in my neighborhood you know I had aspirations like all we all do I want to be a professional mm-hmm. athlete I want to be a football player if you'd have told me that that I'd spend 30 years in the National Football League coaching and playing I'm going really mm-hmm. I wanted to give back right I wanted to give back to the players. I wanted to do things through a player's eye. You know, it's one thing I've always told coaches. It's one thing, you know, the, the, you know, the coaches got all these manuals and these books, and they're great to have. But I tell coaches all the time, I said, let me tell you something. You got to coach them on the grass. Yeah. There's no manual out there when the guy gets beat and he comes to the sideline. You got four seconds to fix it. Right. You got four seconds to basically tell that player, hey, look, this is what happened. This is what we got to do. He, right. he, he coming off the field. He won't answer he, he don't want to hear, well, I just got beat. No, no, everybody knows he got beat. No Why question. did he get beat, right? Why did he get beat, all right? And, and I think, to me, when you play that position and you've been in sports as long as I've been in sports, I had so much experience, so much that I wanted to give it back. Mm-hmm. I owe football that, right? Right. And just being around young people, man, keep you young. Yeah. It keeps you, you got energy. Yeah. There's nothing like, man, when you walk in the arena, you know, I can't play anymore. I always tell people I got one hit left. But I can't play. Anymore. I got one. I got one left. That's it. But walking in the arena and watching players compete and being successful to watch them, man, yeah. I, I I get more joy out of that than anything. Yeah, I really do. And how long were you out before you took the Arizona job? Well, and what was so appealing about the Arizona job? Well, I tell you what, Patrick. I, when I when I when I went to television mm-hmm. on free ESPN, I was out almost ten years. Okay. And I had chances to come back numerous times, but it was never the right fit. Right. Now, the AD, Ray Anderson, was my agent. Okay. Right, when I came out. When, when I okay. took my job, he was mine, Tony Dungy's. Uh, he's passed away now, Denny's. Uh-huh. Brian Billings, he was a bunch of our agents. And so when he became the AD here, you know, he posed the question, would you consider ever coming back? Mm. You know, a couple of years before I came back. And I said, well, it got to be the right place. Right. You know, all of a sudden, one thing led to another, and now I'm the head ball coach again. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love, again, I love it, man. I love it. I really do. I love being around the young people. And mm-hmm. it's more than football for me. It's growing them up. If, if, here's, here's my spiel. If they don't leave here better men, then I failed them. No mm-hmm. question. Hey, if coach, I can do that, they'll be good football players. Right. Hey, you know what? I, I just I just got my first piece of coaching over the last few weeks, coaching my little boys uh, flag team. He just turned eight, so I'm coaching eight and nine year olds. And man, I enjoy it. and just being able to get number one, see them improve from the yeah. athletic standpoint is right. a plus, but see them improve from the effort standpoint. Yeah, yeah. man. And the coaches that I used to be around used to always emphasize effort. Yes, yeah. talent is something that people have or they establish, but effort is something that we're all born with. It's, a, it's yeah. only up to you if you utilize it and consistently use it. So I, I get a joy in seeing that little kids that I was dealing with. And guess what, Coach? The, my, my three coverages, and we're talking about, Pat, you enjoy this also. We're talking about eight and nine-year-olds. We run cover three, man, and cover two, two <laughs> and cover four. 
It's like, oh, you go you need them more. Okay. Oh, no question. You I say, I, I say, most of y'all in second and third grade, so I'm pretty sure y'all starting to get involved in fractions. Hey, right. so we're going to talk about fourth of the football field. I got right. four guys in my secondary. Everybody's going to cover a fourth of the football field, yep. and right. them little suckers be hustling. So I'm right no, there. Right. I know exactly you what know, you're talking about. And, and that's the key. Uh, and you said it. No coach in the history of coaching any position at any level has ever given a player talent. God no. gives him talent. Nope. You give them knowledge. You're you're a knowledge provider. You mm-hmm. give them knowledge, right? And, and, and you teach them technique and the fundamentals. And, and you're right. Effort has got to be part of the program. It's got to be part of your DNA. Yeah. Because the position, on defense, remember, you're, you're, you're in a reaction phase all the time. You're right. reacting to something you see. You know, right. They're not calling the play. Mm-hmm. We're calling defense, but you got to react to what's about to happen, right? So right. you're always a little second from behind, and that's no where the effort and the finish mm-hmm. comes in when you play defense. Coach, right. you said something just then. People don't realize playing <clears throat> defensive football is all about reacting. Yes. And you're usually reacting to someone who's probably the best in the world at whatever it is they're supposed to do, yes. especially when you get to the NFL. Oh, no doubt. No, 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 no doubt. No, no doubt. Look, you guys know, I always tell them, look, when you go on outside those numbers, all just like on the freeway, right? You know, that that, that you mess around and, and you go on the right lane and you go in the middle, that inside left lane, that's that fast lane where them cars go really fast. Yeah, yeah. You walk out there on them corners. Let me tell you, that game is really, really fast. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know I've seen out there for 10 years, man. It's fast out there now. Yeah, no doubt about it. No question. It's real fast. Hey, Coach Elwes, coaches are often influenced by those around them. And when you look at some of the coaches that you were around, what did you learn from guys like Dick Vermeil, uh, Marty Schartenheimer, Tony Dungy, who are sem- seemingly all uh, having a big impact in your life and your career currently? Well, Dick Vermeil recruited me out of high school in UCLA. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go. I ended up going to Cal Berkeley. Okay. And so I, that's how long I go back with that guy. Mm-hmm. He was a... He was very demanding. He was a taskmaster. But what he did, he hardened you. He, he tested, he tested, he tested your stamina. He, he tested you to a point to where he's going to see if you could crack. Mm-hmm. But he loved you. Marty was a teacher. He was an educator and, you know, a motivator in that way. So was Vermeil. Tony was, Tony, we're almost, we're about the same age. We, we came out together in college. That's how far we go back, mm-hmm. right? Tony was a guy that was always calm, calm. You know, it's like playing corner. You have anxiety, but there's this calmness. Mm-hmm. You have to be calm. You can't be, I always tell guys, man, don't, you can't be no emotional player. No. When, you, when emotions get you, you make bad decisions. There has to be a little bit of anxiety in your belly, but you got to be calm mm. until you, until it's time to react. And then they react, right? And that's what I tell them. There's this, and Tony had this calmness about him. When things were going crazy, he was very calm, very calm. That taught me a lot when I became a coach. I was a little bit there like a player. You know, when you play corner, you know, you're always out there yakking and yakking. You, you know, <laughs> you're talking to the receivers, he's talking, you know, it's kind of, but then all of a sudden, before the ball said, you got to get real calm. No question. Right. Time to go to work. You got to yeah. get dialed in. Work, yeah. Right? And yeah. you got to have that, man. You got to have – people don't realize that sometimes. 
You have to be calm, man. You Because if not, you're going to make a bad decision. You make a bad decision out there, this is what happened. We got you. We received. <laughs> the band playing, as the coaches say. <laughs> the band is playing. No hey, doubt. Coach, we had, we had a, a few weeks ago, we had the opportunity to discuss how underappreciated no Rondé Barber is. Mm. Um, you had the opportunity to coach him in Tampa. You know, what do you He's think? one of my guys. Yeah, what do you think? is preventing him from getting into the hall. He deserves to be in the hall. His numbers are crazy. Crazy. Numbers are, I I drafted Ronnie. And um, daughter graduating from from college right now. Church has got the uh, notice. Uh, Mm. And um, it's just a matter of time, in my opinion. John got in. John finally, I I coached Lynch as well. Mm. So so Lynch and and Ronnie were part of my secondary down there. And we had Sapp and we had Brooks. Yeah. So it should be four. Ronnie right. should be the next guy to go, but I tell you what, he came in and he was the he was the perfect nickelback. Mm-hmm. Could play zone, had great zone eyes, could play man to man on the slot guy, a good blitzer, right? Mm-hmm. Good tackler, and made plays. When you look yeah. at his numbers, right? You look at his numbers. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, he made a lot of plays, a but he was, he was. But you know what? When he first came in, Patrick, you'll, you'll appreciate this. He came in, you know, rookie out of Virginia. He was mm-hmm. out of shape, you know, and he came to mini camp. I said, I looked at him. I said, man, I drafted you. And you like, so I told him, I said, I'm going to teach you how to be a pro. Mm-hmm. Until you learn how to be a pro, you're not going to play. This is a true story. You ask him. His first year, he didn't play a game until we got ready to play the Green Bay Packers. And I probably was week 13. Mm. And from that day forward, when I let him play, when I started him, he never missed a start. Wow. And he needed to learn how to be a pro. I said, you're going to learn how to be a pro, young man. Coach, right? what, what did he need to do? When you talk about being a pro, uh, explain right. what you meant to our listeners and our viewers. Work ethic. Your, your ability gets you drafted. Mm-hmm. Your work ethic and how you play, Deep that deep. keeps you in the league. Yep. He needed yep. to learn that. What he did in college meant nothing. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go prove it. You got to Google on the grass. You got to study. You got to put in the work. And I tell you what he did to his, and it didn't, it didn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. He, he, but, but he'd never been told that. He was such a good player in college. He can get away with not being fundamentally t- Just the little things you got. You can't make a mistake playing DB, guys. You yeah, know no. that. Oh, yeah. Question. And we had a pretty good defense now. That defense we had in Tampa now, I tell oh, you yeah. what. It was, it was good. One of, the <laughs> one of the best ones in captivity yeah, now. Yeah, no doubt about <laughs> it. <laughs> Who was the character on that D? Yeah. Dexter Jackson was uh was one of the safeties for Florida State. Yeah, Dwight, Dwight Smith. You had Dwight Smith. We had uh, the other corner was what, Abraham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donnie. Like, who, uh, who, who, who? And Kelly. And, and Martin Mayhew was a part of that squad too. My, my was first it? year, Martin oh, first year, yeah. yeah. But so oh, wow. we had all these commerce of guys, and we kind of put it together. You know, Derek Brooks, obviously, who Derek is, and, right. and so it was just one of those deals where the standard of how you performed on that defense, those guys wouldn't let you in the huddle. <laughs> they wouldn't let you in the huddle. You you couldn't walk in the huddle. There was a certain way you had to play. It was like, hey man, the coach, he can't play for us right now. You had to earn it. And wow. what I needed to do was make him grow up. And, and he's a rookie, and a good player and all that. And I tell you what, to his credit, when he went in there against Brett Favre and he played, he never missed a start after that. That's yeah. amazing. And he deserves to be in the oh, Hall yes. of Fame. Yeah, yeah, he he, he deserves to be in all-around corner, yes. inside, outside, tackle yeah. well. 
attack the football. Smart, good, 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 good man. I mean, good father, everything, man. All the bases are are, are intact. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully they get a buzz going because he definitely needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Yo, coach, your first shot to become a head coach happened in 2001 with the New York Jets. In five years in New York, you made three playoff appearances. The organization has only made three total appearance, appearances since then. Why can't that organization in New York, the Jets, seem to get it figured out? And can they, do you think they're finally on the right track uh, this upcoming season and drafting Zach Wilson, who hopefully could be the franchise quarterback they believe he needs to be to be able to be successful? Well, I think you guys know this. Uh, if you got a quarterback, you got a chance. No yeah. question. You got to have a quarterback. And yeah. uh, I was fortunate. We had Benny there my first year, and then I had Chad Pennington sitting in the wings. Mm-hmm. So I had a good quarterback. I had a veteran group of guys uh, that had played, uh, then, then drafted some pretty good players, and, and really became, you know, we won the division, I think, our second year there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, but it all starts with the quarterback. Once yeah. you get that piece in place, you can build the rest of the team. Because if you get the right one, you got a 10-year run. Right. If you don't have a quarterback, guys, let me tell you something. That field is 150 yards long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't no 100 yard long guy. It's 150 yards long. It's hard to make a first down when you ain't got no quarterback. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's hard, yeah. man. It, it's, yeah. it's just too hard anymore. And you got to have that guy. And when you when you get a young one, I don't care who he is, you got to protect him. Mm-hmm. You better I, Look, football is never going to change. You run to win, you throw to score. Right. I like it. You no run question. to win. Will say it. Right? Yes, yeah. sir. Defense travels. Yep. Good defense travels. Mm-hmm. And it's a day game, no different in college. And I look at pros the same way. You know, you're not going to stop teams from moving the ball anymore. Right. But you got to make them one hand. Mm-hmm. If they can't run the ball and you're making them throw and you're making them throw on the known downs, now you got it. Right. Because now you can turn them loose and you're going to mm-hmm. knock the quarterback down. Yeah. And then the back end comes to play, right? That's why I keep saying you got to have a guy up there, one guy up there that can go one and hit the quarterback. And then you got to have at least one and maybe two now anymore because of the way it's spread. You got to have two guys that can cover. Yeah. And the rest of those guys, you can help. Yeah. Now you got a chance. Yeah. You got a chance to be a good football team. You got to play good in the red zone, right? You got to play good in the red zone. You can get a couple stops. What? Throw football 14 possessions. Get about 14 possessions. You you get a couple takeaways, you limit some possessions. When you're up in, in the middle of the third quarter on the road, you run the ball, you control the clock. Right. No question. Right. So, I mean, the game don't change. Oh, yeah. The game don't change. I mean, it's, it, it's a hard game. But but certain things in the game don't change. And if you can do that well, then you got a chance. But you yeah. need this guy, man. You yeah. need a quarterback. I agree. You, uh, Patrick, you know. I mean, both oh, you no, guys about it. Oh, yeah. You definitely I mean, need somebody that can spin that rock. Look at the teams that always win. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. They add another playoff team, right? So I start laughing. I go, you know what? You can look at the NFL right now. And go in the, in the NFC North or the NFC, the NFC, the NFC, the NFC and the AFC, and go. Yep. You could pick. Season ain't even started yet. You can pick probably four teams out both those sides of the division that say they're in the playoffs. You go. You know why? You said who's quarterback? quarterback. Who's quarterback? Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. I agree. And nobody played a game yet. You say who's quarterback? Who the quarterback? Of course, yeah. that means a lot. That yeah. means he's gonna at least win ten. So that means you win. If you win 10, right. 95% of the time, you win the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe win a division. Yeah. 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 Hey, well, coach, I was on that, I, hey coach, I was on that 5% that didn't make it to the playoffs, though, that one 10 game. 
Yeah, see, that, that <laughs> happens every once in a while. Who quarterback was that year, Pat? Who was uh, Carson. We oh, went yeah, 10 and 6 that year. And uh, um, freaking uh, Saints had won the last guy. I think they played Tampa to, to go 11 and 5. All right, there you go. Yep. See, 10 and 6 usually gets you in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but hey, sometimes coach. it doesn't work out. You know, it'll right. be, you know what? It's going to be interesting. Now you guys play 17 games. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely going to be interesting um, now this year. So, Coach, you was never traded as a player, but you was traded as a coach, which that? many people may not realize or remember. What was the process like shifting from the Jets to the Chiefs? Well, it was kind of interesting because I, I cut my teeth with the Chiefs. I came in. So when I leave when I leave um, pro football, I go to San Jose State, and I'm coaching the secondary. Okay. I do an internship in Kansas City my second year in. After my third year, they hired me in Kansas City. Marty's the head coach. Mm. Bill Cowers on that staff. Tony Dungy's on that staff. Here you go. You're going to like this one. Bruce Arians is on that staff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're all there together. So Bruce yeah, so Bruce Arians was in Philadelphia at Temple when I was playing for the Eagles. That's how far uh, we See? Yeah. <laughs> so I was on that staff with, with, with Marty. And so Lamar Hunt, who was the owner then, when I left and went to Tampa with Tony and then became the head coach, he was still there. He passed away after I took the job. Dick Vermeil was the head coach in Kansas City. And so he was about to retire. And Lamar said, you think we could get Herm to come back? I'd get traded. Mm. So then mm. I go back to Kansas City. Wow. And then when, when did the trade happen? Before the draft? After no, the it draft? happened, yeah, right before the draft. And, right before the draft. Draft pick. and what did they give up? So it was yeah, just an even trade? Third, and it was it players? They got, third, they got a third round pick. Yeah, the, okay. that, with they that third round pick, Leon Washington. Washington, Leon Washington. Yep. Yeah, that's who the Jets drafted with this. that pick. This. <laughs> that's awesome, Leon <laughs> Washington. Yes, sir. He's matter of fact, I think Leon Leon is coaching with the Jets right now. Is he good for him? Yeah, he is. I, I saw matter of fact, yeah, I saw him last year. He is yeah, coaching, coaching with the Jets. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Leon Washington. Yep, that's who it was, coach. Dead on, dead on. <laughs> when you look at the coaching world right now in totality, you know, collegiately and professionally. Why does it seem like we're not making any progress in terms of hiring uh, minority coaches on both levels? Well, it all starts this way. Um, who's in the room when you make the decision? Mm -hmm. It's one of those deals when you're uh, in position of uh, authority. Who are the people in your social circle that you allow to help you make decisions? When they're not connected sometimes to people that we know, you get left out. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, it's really, it's kind of embarrassing. Guys, when I came in the National Football League in 1977, there was only 28 teams in, wasn't 32, it was only 28. There was only 10 coaches of color mm. in 1977, not 1957, mm. 1977, there was 10 minority coaches. None of them were head coaches. Right. None of them were coordinators. There were 10 position coaches. Wow. And we got better, yes. The landscape or the playing field, you're not even close. Yeah. 75% of the players are men of color, right? right. Because it's a competitive world. You want to win. And that's, how, that's how sports should be. Now, it should be the same way in the halls of learning. In other words, the men that can coach the game of football. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of giving them opportunities. When you look at the NFL, I mean, it's almost shameful what happened this last year, right? Yeah. I mean, look, there's going to be an average of six to seven jobs open every year in the National Football League. That's just what it is. Every coach knows that when, he's, when, he, when he gets involved in this league. 
Mm-hmm. And to say we're we're where we're at right now, it's a little bit embarrassing, to be quite yeah. honest. Hey, hey, coach, uh, speaking from experience, right? And let's let's target the NFL. Do when you were coaching the National Football League, and I would just like to highlight your time with the Jets because you were there five years and you made it to the postseason three times. Since then, they've only made it to the up to the postseason a total of three times. So pretty much you've been the best coach they've had over the last two, two decades or so based on your ability to get into the postseason. But when you were coaching in the National Football League, did you feel like you had the leash that some other coaches that are not minorities have? I felt this. And I think we all do when you when you are placed in a position of authority of being the coach. The first thing that we thought about, and Tony will say this too, is that when we took our jobs, we wanted to get to the playoffs. We wanted to get to the playoffs. That was kind of like, if you can get to the playoffs, you gain some credibility. And we wanted to do it the right way. And we wanted our team to play in a manner that it represented the game the right way to make sure that others would have an opportunity that looked mm-hmm. like us. Mm-hmm. That That's the burden. Okay. that That is the burden. I mean, my, my first year, I get to the Jets, I was the first coach ever in the history to take the team to the playoffs. When I go to Kansas City Chiefs, my first year there, I'm the first coach ever to take their team to the playoffs the first year. Mm. Okay? And you're right. We went to three playoff appearances in five years. The two mm. we don't go to, the quarterback is. I'm playing five quarterbacks. Right. I don't have quarterback. Right. Had a good team. Had good players. Earned the trust of my players. But it's all about the players. Yeah. You make decisions as a coach, but it's really about the players. The players got to have ownership. And I tell every coach that's ever coached a game, any game, they respect you, but you got to earn their trust. No question. You got to earn their trust, man. Because I was a former player, and you're going to respect the guy with the title, but it ain't about the title. It's about earning the trust of the title, right? And I told every team I've ever stood before, I said, man, I'm earning your trust. I'm earning your trust now. That's one thing I'm going to do. And I just think that has always been my calling card with players. Mm-hmm. Communication, the best teams, you guys know, you guys have played on good teams in college and in pros. The best teams are run by the players. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, coach, hey, look, I-, I told the player, I'm here to serve you guys. Right. Help me to help you. No problem. Help me to help you. Yep. you know, I, yep. look, I get it. I was a former player. I get this, man. Yep. I get it. Yeah, so that that was my next question to you, Coach. How how different was it when you first became a coach, dividing the two? You know, being a player now stepping into, you know, the the the, the boss man in charge. Like, how was that transition? Well, I, I think you know, you I, I always made decisions on. I didn't make decisions for me. Mm-hmm. I made decisions for the players. Okay. And I always said when I got ready, when I was when I was caught and it was a tough one, I said I'd always go back to this. I take the coaching hat off mm-hmm. and put my player hat on. And I said, okay. if I asked these guys to do this, what would I think if I was a player? Okay. And to be quite honest, I do this. I go, but I want to do that. And I go, no. I said, well, then don't do it. Then I didn't make it. <laughs> I said, throw that one out. <laughs> I said, you know, I used to be these guys. I said, yeah. I just, you know, look, players want to know this. Is a coach going to prepare me to get ready to play? Mm-hmm. Can the in the national ball? Can the coach help me to stay in the league? That's a, the player want to know. Can the coach help me stay in the league? Can the coach help us win? Right. That's what the players want to know, right? Mm-hmm. They want to know when they walk in the stadium on Saturday to play on Sunday. They want to know we're prepared and we're fresh. 
Mm-hmm. I get that. Right. I get that. Do you ever see yourself being a possibly possibly a, a GM one day? Ooh, I'm to the point now. <laughs> Look here. Just curious. Just <laughs> curious. For me, this would be my last job. Okay. Okay. And then I'm I'm gonna hopefully I can turn it over to somebody else. I'm grooming to take my shot. To take okay. my right. I mean that's what it's about. Passing yeah. on to somebody else, and then I'm good. Because you spend a, a good while in this game, and I'm sure. The family would love to have you back home for a while. <laughs> yeah, you know, my girls have been good. I mean, I got a, it's funny. Um, I've got a 15 and a 14 year old. Okay. Little, little dogs. My son is, my son is, is grown. He's 40 years old now. He's, he's got a little girl, you know, he's, he's good and good. But, but my girls have been good. They, they haven't moved around a lot. Guys, be quite honest now. 30 years in pro football, 14. Mm. So I didn't move around a lot. Okay. Yeah. That's right. move, and that's and that's one I played for. One is one I played for. My daughter, yeah, right. I wouldn't even, I didn't get guys, I got married late. I didn't mm-hmm. get married till I was 46 years old. Okay. Right. So, you know, because I, I was, you know, I was playing football, coaching, you know, I wasn't ready to get married, you know. And no I found a bride, and you know, and I got me two little girls, but I'm good, man. Yeah. I want to just get back to the players and the coaches. Okay. Yeah, I just want to make the game better, better, Patrick. You know, when I lead a game, guys, I want to say I did something to make the game better. Right. And it's better because I because I help because I help coach it and I played in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, you know where you are right now in Arizona State, your hiring at Arizona State came with some controversy due to the inno- innovative structure for a college team adapting a new leadership model and a general manager slash CEO role. Why do you think that bothered some people? Well, because it was thinking outside the box. And if you look at Arizona State, it's always been that way. It's, you know, there's this thing that says Arizona State innovation. But but here again, this is what it was. It wasn't that so much. It was an understanding from the president, Dr. Crow, and our AD, Ray Anderson, understanding we wanted to bring in somewhat of what we call the pro model. How are we going to do this? You ask our players that are here. If you if, if you guys walked into my meeting rooms and if you walked into the practice field, you, you'd go, I'm at a pro practice right now. Mm. Everything we do in here, these dudes, they leave here, if they have enough talent and they're good enough, they walk into a pro locker room, they'll go, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. Right. It was in college for three years. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's always it's that mentality. They're going to leave here with a degree. Okay, that's the first thing. They're going to leave here with a degree. And if they got talent enough to be in the National Football League, when they walk in there as a rookie, they ain't going to go, whoa. I don't, they, they know. Mm-hmm. When you walk in this building, they know one thing. You better compete. Oh, yeah. you got to compete, man. <laughs> Everything's about competition. You got to compete. Oh, yeah. You got to compete. You don't want to compete, don't walk in the building. Right. <laughs> well, you've been doing, um, you've definitely been uh, competing uh, ever since you got hired. But after uh, um, a strange 2020 season, including just four games, um, where's the team confidence heading into your fourth season and uh, with, their, with the uh, Sun Devils? Well, I think... A lot of confidence, really. Um, we were fortunate that most of our guys, the one, the only really one senior left was Frank Darby, the receiver. He ended up going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the other kids that were draft eligible, there's probably nine or ten of them stayed. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's a little bit of a veteran team now. Um, and it's like anything else, the quarterback. Yeah. Got a pretty good quarterback. That you do. That you do. <laughs> <laughs> we got some boys on the perimeter. And you know what I got though? You know what I got? I got two. I've got me two good, really good running backs too now. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. they run the ball. <laughs> so, so we 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 got it. We got a structure here where 
the kids have played together for a little mm-hmm. while now and uh, very, very confident football team. Hey, coach, qu- quick side note. I had opportunity. I had opportunity to play with one of your uh, former players, uh, uh, Eno. Yes. Man, that kid got some nice footwork, man. Like he 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 be doing some some crazy stuff. You know what, Patrick? I think what hurt a lot of those guys, and you'll appreciate this, both you guys. There was no preseason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He can play. Yeah. Yeah. There's just there's there was no preseason. No yeah. So it's kind of like they couldn't really show people on the grass what they could do. And then the rosters got cut down. Say, hey, man, we got to yeah. go. We got to go play games. Right. We can't move around with some young guys, right? Yeah. So hopefully this year he gets into training camp, you know, and he can show people what he can do. But he's yeah. a talented young man. That he is, man. I like, I like, I like, I like, like we talked about Rondé with his vision. I see him do, and now, you know, we see him every day. Oh, yeah. Because he's on the practice squad. Yep. Man, when we seen that guy do some stuff, I was like, yeah, he he can play. Yeah. He yeah. Can play. He, he just need an opportunity. Yeah, that's all. And, and you know, and you guys know that it's just a matter of timing and opportunity. Yeah. Does it meet at the same time? And if it does, you got a shot. No doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, coach, I think I think it's safe to say the biggest win for you there in Arizona State happened in 2019 when you beat the at that time the number six Oregon Ducks. They were ranked six in the country, led by soon to be rookie of the year Justin Herbert. You had an outstanding game plan against Justin Herbert. So talk a little bit, two-part question for you. Talk a little bit about the success you had. Like what going into that ball game, what did you want to do to Justin Herbert? And did you foresee him having the rookie campaign that he just had in 2020 with yeah, the Chargers? Well, his rookie camp did not surprise me. He, he's a very talented young man. He has he has wonderful arm talent, can get the ball to, to anywhere on the football field, right? And, mm-hmm. and is a better athlete than probably people anticipated. I mean, yeah. he can move a little bit to be so big, right? Yeah. But but but, but our whole key was this, was um, eliminate the run. Don't let them run the football on us. Mm-hmm. So we really shut down the run, and then it was not allowing the big, the big play. We just felt if they're going to beat us, we're going to make them nickel and diamonds, right? Mm-hmm. And we did some things to bring some pressure that he quite couldn't see. It was we, we, we mixed up the front a little bit, muddied the front, and, and gave him some dirty eyes and gave him some dirty looks. Mm-hmm. And he had to hold on to the ball, and we hit him. We, we hit him early. Mm-hmm. And I think, and it, and you know, anytime you hit them quarterbacks early, they don't like that. Yeah. When you, you, you got to storm the castle, and, and we stormed the castle a couple of times and got to him, and then we, we took the ball away. And then our offense, and then Eno, obviously, mm-hmm. and Brandon I, you, you guys, you, you faced oh, yeah, him twice already, right? The wide receiver, yeah. and I. He had a pretty good night too. Now he he's a good one too. Now he oh he he he's pretty good now. <laughs> and, uh, you fellow, <laughs> he caught a couple. He caught the big one down the rail on him at the end in the fourth quarter when the quarterback brought him back. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I remember that game. That that was definitely a a crazy wild game. Yeah. What what stepping back into college football? What's been like the craziest college stadium you've been in so far? Oh well, we went to Michigan State. Okay. Uh, uh, not last year, two years ago, ended up beating them there too. Okay. Um, it was, uh, you know, they had the whiteout and it was, uh, you know, you, you know, but you, you played in those games. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like we walked up in there and I'm like, oh, okay, boys. What people don't realize, most college stadiums are bigger than NFL stadiums. Oh, ain't no oh yeah. Most, yeah. Majority of them. You know, the tradition of, of it, you know, that's a traditional school, you know, and playing mm-hmm. them and all that. And we had beat them the year before here. Mm. Now we were going back, and it was kind of like, okay, we're coming back to their place, you know, and we're like, okay. But you know what? I did like did like the pros. So we're going to play them on Saturday. I took the team out on Thursday. 
Mm. Said, we uh. leaving Thursday, boys. They said, what? They said, yeah, we're leaving Thursday. They said, we're going to be ready. We're going to get out there. We'll get Thursday. Friday, we have a little walkthrough. Rest up. You know, get them to time change the whole deal, man. And our guys walk out into the field, man. We say, Coach, we're good. We're we good. I said, you hear all that noise? Don't worry about it. We're good. We said, Coach, we good. <laughs> Ah, hey, that's dope right there, Coach. That's oh, super it. dope. Hey, Coach, so you just turned a very young 67 years old oh, in yeah. April. Yes. Look extremely good for a 67-year-old man. Thank you. When you look at what you're doing there at Arizona State, you know, influencing so many young kids on and off the football field, how much longer do you see yourself coaching well, at Arizona I, State? I, I think this – uh, when you lose your passion and energy, then it's time to stop. Yeah. So I get in this building every morning, guys. My workout starts at 4.30. Mm. You start at 4.30. I'm here at 4.30. Every day. Six days a week. Six days a week. Okay. That's, the, that's the first thing part of your routine. Okay. So that's my routine. I get in here and I work out. Do aerobics for about an hour. Do lifting for about an hour. So about, yeah. about two hours, right? Mm. And then, then I get behind my desk. No one's here yet because the coaches aren't here until they get here about 7.30. So I can do everything I had to prepare myself for, for coaches and the players during the day. No one bother me. I got that done. And then when I get that done, it's just a matter of we have meetings, like, you know, we're scouting, we're recruiting, we're doing whatever we're doing. People have access to me because mm. I've done what I need to do. I got to get me right first. Right. If I ain't right, ain't nobody right. I got to take right. care of me, right? Mm -hmm. Just me. That, that's just the old DB in me, right? You get yeah. up in the morning, you get your work done. And yeah. then whatever happens during the day, I'm good. Right. I'm good. I'm calm during the day. I'm good because I, I I needed to get – my fix is getting up in the morning thinking, how am I going to attack the day? What am I going to do at home? I talk to this yeah. coach. I might have to call this player today. Now we've got, we've got some recruits to talk with. Whatever it may be, but I'm thinking about that in the morning as I'm working out. And that starts my day. Yeah. What time do you leave the building? Oh, like what's 4 o'clock here now? I'm, off season, I probably leave here by about six. Yeah, coach, I appreciate what you're saying as far as being a coach, get getting you done first, because I do the same way when it when it comes to getting myself prepared for practice, getting myself prepared for the day. I like to get my workout done, steam room, sauna, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. because now you know before practice or right before you got those those meetings, you know, coach give me about twenty minutes. So now guys rushing. Oh, I got to get in the steam room real quick. I got to get in the hot tub real quick. Now I got the early enough to make sure I take care of all of this stuff. Because guys always say, man, how, how, like, why are you here so early? Or, or like, how you got your, your stuff done so early? Because I took care of me, and now I don't have to worry about none of that stuff. Well, Patrick, yeah. both you guys, and this is why you guys have great careers, is okay. that you understand the process and the preparation. Mm -hmm. Right. Because here's one thing I do know. For the history, for the history of mankind, Lost time is never found. Right. You don't get it back. Nah. And you don't want to spend the rest in the in one, you know how you know when you when you're behind, you're always like trying to chase it. You chase right. the time. You can't catch it, man. No. Nah. Late. Yeah. Yeah. Late. You never late. get it back. No, you don't get it back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You said something then, coach. Yes, man, sir. Dropping some jewels for us here, all things covered. <laughs> Pat Peters and Brian McFadden. Coach, we're almost done. So we're going to transition to the superlative part of this show. Okay. Here's where we hit you with rapid fire questions. We want your honest, unbiased answer. We're going to treat this superlative part like your rivalry, like you get ready to play Arizona, right? Okay. I know they don't like you. You don't like them. So let's see how you handle the Wildcats, to say the least. <laughs> First question I have for you, 
you've given us a few so far throughout this conversation, but what what is your best Hermanism? Oh, oh, my, oh my best one? <laughs> I, I, I think I know where you're going to go with the Dang best no, one. No, I tell you what, I, I give you one. I, I give you one that, that that's okay. Um, nothing good happens after twelve o'clock. Mm. Oh yeah, mm. nothing good. Think about that. Well, after twelve p.m. at night, nothing good happens at twelve o'clock. <laughs> yeah. <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Just think about it. Just, 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 just remember that now. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna get older like me one day. Yeah. Just remember, coach said twelve. I used to tell him play twelve o'clock rule. Yeah, twelve o'clock. If you hey, ain't got down by twelve, get up out of there. Wherever you at, get up out. Coach, we we had Mike Tomlin on during yeah, the season, yeah. and you know Mike got some great Tomlinisms. <laughs> uh, but one of you, the, the the famous one I've heard from you, and you wrote a book from oh, it. Yeah. You play to win the game. How, how did that come about? Well, it was in a press conference. And you know what you said, and I know people probably say he should say that. I only said it one time. Mm-hmm. The day that mm-hmm. I said it. Really. And here's what it was about. I never said it again. I never repeated it again. I never repeated it on television. I don't say it. I don't have to say it. Mm. And here's what I was basically saying. We were two and we were two and five football team. My second year with the Jets. We two and we sit two and five. Mm-hmm. And media person started getting kind of like, well, you think at two and five is gonna quit. Didn't say it, but kind of insinuated that. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. And that's when I said what I said. And the reason I said it was for this. In life. When you start something, you finish. You don't tap out. Yeah. That's not an option. Yeah. There's no option for you to tap out. I said, oh, no, 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 no. We ain't tapping out. Mm-hmm. We're going to play. Right. Guess what? We won the division. Mm. Mm, <laughs> we were yeah. Two and five, we won the division. Wow. Two and five, basically at the halfway point. But but it has nothing to do with football. No. It's life. Let no me tell question. you guys something. And both of you guys have done a great job of this. That last name you possess, that's the most powerful possession you can ever give your children. Oh, yeah. It's a good last name. Yep. Okay? And when you say I'm a professional football player, I'm a professional coach, when you walk into that stadium, that bears your family's name. Mm-hmm. And that helmet for the organization you play for, whoever you work for, right? Mm-hmm. You can't tap out. It doesn't matter what score it is. Patrick Peterson's out there playing. You out there playing corner, and it don't matter if we're getting beat 50 to nothing. I'm covering my guy. Yeah. I'm covering my guy. I don't care what's happening, but I'm going to cover this guy. Right. You can't do that, man. Once you start tapping out and say, hey, man, it don't matter, you know what? Time for you to stop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, 100%. You can't do it, man. It's just yeah. because then it becomes easy. Yeah. To start and tapping That's out. all I was saying. I said, man, this game, is too, this game means too much to me. Ain't nobody tapping yeah. out. We ain't tapping yeah. out two and five. We're going to play. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely remember that. We love uh, who, uh, the greatest Arizona State athlete ever. Ooh. You had Barry Bonds. You got James Harden, Phil Mickelson, Reggie Jackson, and Terrell Sizzle Suds. T. Sizzle. Ooh. I know a lot of them, mm-hmm. but but one of them's probably, I know more than the other ones. A good friend of mine lives kind of where we, we have our other house up in Carmel. Mm-hmm. It's Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Mm. You know, he's a football player, too. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, some big-time iconic names. Yeah, they're, 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 I mean, what are you going to say? Great, great names. Yeah. Great players. Next up for you, best cornerback you ever coached against? Oh. Whew. Against? Professional football? 
Yeah. <clears throat> and I know, whew, yeah, you, you've been around in, in the game around a long time. time. That's long, long time. <laughs> I know. Hey, you, coach, you, you had to sit back. You had to sit back? No, I ain't going to answer that one. I ain't going to answer that one. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, okay. What about this then? Because we, I know, you're so knowledgeable of the game. We love hearing your stories. Best cornerback you've ever seen. <clears throat> we went to your school. Yeah, Deion. you gotta say prime. <laughs> yes, sir. What, what made Deion? It ain't taking nothing away from you. Oh, I know, coach. That's that's, 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 that's my favorite. But 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 <laughs> yeah, he 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 the one. Yeah, yeah, well, he, what, yeah. what, what made him so special outside of what we know? You saw it firsthand. You, uh, you know the game. Changed the game. And I know Dion. He's a good friend. Um, just his instincts, man. And when you threw the ball over there, there was a good chance that they were about to score. Yeah. You threw, you, you, on offense, you threw the ball against the defense, and when you throw it over there, they might score. Because he's right. going to catch and run away with me. But he, his <laughs> confidence, his ability to just shut the whole side of the field down. Yeah. He could do that now. I mean, he was, you know, he could run. He could, you know, he could turn. I mean, all the elements to play the position is just it was a gift. And he, you know, and he was confident. You know, and look, and you guys know this. You guys play. I've always said this. You study the opponent during the week. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, the guy you're going to play against and all that. But yeah. I've always said this. When I walked out there. All the opponents, they're faceless. Mm-hmm. It don't matter who they are. Right. It's matter how you gonna play. Right. That, that's what I always tell my teams. We're gonna give them people respect. They're good, but we gotta set the standard. Yeah. And when you walk out there to play, man, it's like, okay, I understand this dude's great. He's a Hall of Fame. I get up, but you know what? I'm gonna play to a certain standard. Mm-hmm. And if it don't turn out good for me today, okay. But I'm there's a standard I gotta meet every day. I line up out there, man. And that's what I look. I never missed a practice. I never missed a start from high school, college to pro football. Mm, mm. That's my claim to fame. I never missed a practice. I never missed a start. Wow. Well, that's big. Yeah. I was going to hold myself accountable. And I wanted those guys in the huddle to know hey, man, we can trust, we, we can trust Coach. We can trust her. He got mm. it. He's going to be there. He's going to be there for me. We good. Right? That's all you want. Yeah. No that's all you want, man. That's all you want. You want you know, people think, well, it's not. No, no, no. It's to gain the respect of your teammates knowing I count on that dude out there, man. Yeah. Whatever he got, he gonna give it to us. I ain't never gotta worry about his effort. I ain't gotta worry about him tapping out. He ain't tapping out, he's gonna play. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's love right there, man. But right coach, coach, we appreciate you jumping nah, on all things, Coach. Appreciate both. That was a, some great insight, some great no questions, some great jewels for all of our uh viewers and listeners. Coach, this was awesome, man. We really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate both of you. God bless you. Thanks again to Coach Herm Edwards, and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure to follow and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back soon where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace. Peace.